Hi, and welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast, where we sit, eat, chat, and repeat. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong, and we are coming to you from Austin, Texas. The Lone Star Play Podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for local restaurants, stores, butchers, farmers markets, and more who are using organic, fresh, artisanal, and local sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I was in Dallas one night playing at the Hard Rock Cafe for this little showcase. And uh, Joe Simpson um, at the time, you know, obviously Jessica Simpson was, you know, huge at that time, you know, like her first album, just killing it. And uh, he saw me play that night and was like, yeah, you're moving to LA with me and the family. Um, I'm gonna get your flight and uh, we're gonna make you a star. And I was like, it was just like that. I was like, okay. Hello, brother. How we doing? Hey, it's working. I'm so bad at this stuff. I always, <laughs> I always try to get on like 15 to 20 minutes early to allow myself for uh, being dummy proof. <laughs> I feel you, man. And I do this for a living and I still screw it up all the time. So no sweat, man. I love that yeah. background. <laughs> all that stuff. Oh, specifically this, just for you. Dude. Four <laughs> calendar. Oh, let me close the door. I love it. I was uh, I was gonna move my uh, I was gonna move my Tony Romo jersey to just be the giant background, but then I just <laughs> I realized okay. then I'd have to move it back to where it was, take it out for all this stuff. I was like, it's all good. So, are you a Cowboys fan? You mentioned Tony Romo. Oh, dude, I'm yeah, diehard. Diehard. Huge Cowboys fan. Diehard Cowboys fan. Well, see, uh, I was under the impression growing up that we always just won Super Bowls. So <laughs> no shit, right? It was, right? A, it, totally. was a, it was a shitty realization when I grew up and realized we don't always win a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, like, all we did was win. I thought it was easy. I was like, yeah, we, we go to the Super Bowl and we win. It's great. Totally. So it yeah, the to That's true, man. In the 90s, uh, we were the team. But before that, remember that? Before Jimmy Johnson took over? Who was, who was before Jimmy Johnson? Uh, Char Tom Remember, Landry. Uh, Tom Landry. Oh, yeah. See, that was a little bit before my time. But, I mean, obviously, Tom Landry's got the – he had the style. He was yeah, the he had the style. He had the swagger. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, he's a, a you know, Hall of Famer or whatever. But when Jimmy Johnson took over, he just changed, changed oh, yeah. the game. That's cool to hear. That's cool to hear, man, that you're a, a football fan. I, I, to be honest with you, I actually don't watch sports at all anymore. Oh, I don't really? know what ha Yeah, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know. Like, 15... I, don't, I, don't watch, I don't watch sports in 2020 either. Yeah. <laughs> nobody no, does. Yeah, nobody does. We're all, well, they might be doing sports right with no audience. You know, no, no, right, can you imagine? Yeah. No crowd. Like, uh, I can because. My girlfriend that's what you might have to do right like is that you think musicians might do something no, like, like concert, play concerts without a crowd yeah it's been it's been it's been weird because i've done a lot of like i've done a lot of charity at home shows you know yeah. during the thing and like it's still hard to get used to it's it's interesting because it's, it's different because you're playing a little bit differently than you do you know when there's you know tons of people watching you because you know you you like you have to put it on you can see the people actually reacting to like what we yeah. do on stage and like you kind of feed off that so when i'm doing like these you know zoom concerts or charity shows at home like you're not feeding off anybody you got to give everything and, and remember that people are actually watching because in our heads 
you're looking at a little camera, nobody's watching. Yeah. But in reality, you know, there is a bunch of people watching. So you've got to try to pretend like that, you know, people are watching. But that's, yeah, that's that, been a little weird. That has to be weird, man. Because yeah, you, you know, as a, as an artist and musician, you're all about like passion and like feeding off that energy. Yeah. So yeah, I can't, I can't imagine, um, what, what that, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, and I you, get, you get done with a song and, and you're, you're just waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'm, that and I'm so awkward. I don't know how to end them. Cause I'm so used to being repeated. So I'm like, boom. All right. <laughs> just like a little confetti bomb goes off next to you. Just like, poop. You know what I should like. start doing? I should do what they're probably, you know, cause now they're doing, I watched uh, a, um, a soccer game the other day and they had, you know, the sound of a crowd which, which oh, yeah. I love because it actually made me feel like there was a crowd there. Like you need that in soccer. So I was like, should I get like a little tiny speaker and just like the second I get done with the song, just have like a little fake audience. And so then I feel like it's not as awkward as, as it is. That might be kind of cool. Cause nobody's doing that. I, like I might get that honestly, um, I, you know, I watch, um, real time with Bill Maher and he always does at his yeah. monologues. He he's been putting a crowd in and the laughter and everything. He's been putting crowds in from like, you know, black and white. It's like from the fifties and stuff. It's really clever. Right. Um, so I really like that. Cause yeah, same thing for, yeah. you know, gotta for him. Something. Yeah. you gotta do something. Totally. Do something. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the cassette tapes in the back too. Bro. I'm all about, uh, I'm all about like yours from when, when you were younger or are those just like, yeah, no, these are mine from when I was a kid, man. Um, I've got. So you were uh, let's smart see. and actually kept that stuff. I ca I've got them all, man. I, I got vinyls too from when I was a kid. Um, I was born in '79, so the '80s were just like key for me. I was a yeah. big part of that transition from vinyl to tape to CD, even really. Uh, but I, let's see, I've got John Bon Jovi. Uh, oh, there you go. Blaze of Glory. That's a nice little single there. Um, okay. Guns and Roses. Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. yeah what is that? Use your illusion, or what? Which uh, got Gina? It's uh, Appetite for Destruction. Oh, there you go. Nice. Boom. You know, we've got Survivor, Bruce yeah, Springsteen. Look, I've also got Whitney Houston on here. I'm a, oh, I love Whitney. There you go. So you got, you're eclectic. Oh, I'm all about Def Leppard. I've, got, I've even got new kids on here. New kids. I'm not afraid. See, they, you know what? See, a lot of people like, because I listen to like everything too, like from, you know, to like jazz, to like to rock, to boy bands. To you know, to pop, to you know, a little bit of everything, and everyone you know, you'll give you shit about it. It's like, you know what? I'm cultured, bro. That's right. That's I'm cultured. <laughs> I got, I got, I like everything. Would you rather be the guy that only eats hot dogs and hamburgers, or are you the guy that can eat sushi, hot dogs, hamburgers, Mexican, a little bit of everything? That's what I'm talking about. Great way to to, to, to do the food uh, no, analogy. There's no way there's there's no way to ever uh, replace or top like the old the old Tex-Mex. Dude, Love am I right? Like, absolutely. So, yeah, Ryan. So you, LA, they don't have it, right? We have, no, we have so much Mexican food and great Mexican food, but they can't beat the Tex-Mex. Totally, man. Yeah, because you grew up in Dallas, right? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Flower Mound. Yeah, I know Flower Mound. Uh, I grew I, up I in, uh, I went to Grapevine um, in Colleyville. Okay. Yeah, I remember, oh. I remember when, like, the Grapevine Mill Malls Mills Mall was opened up and it was like the biggest deal, you know, we we're totally it's like, it's yeah. the biggest mall in town. And then I, I, uh, I made it a point like later on, like, I mean, that, this was when I was a kid. So then when I started playing music and I started to get a little bit of success, I was like, I got to go back. And cause I was doing these mall tours, you know, cause you know, the record came out and the demographic was really young. So they had me doing these mall tours 
and I was like, gotta hit the Great Valley Mills Mall. That is, Hell the, yeah. that's not on the schedule. I ain't doing this tour. So they put it on the schedule. <laughs> and, uh, I'll never, I'll never forget that show. That's Dude, awesome, man. Like, I set the record for the most people in that mall ever. Yeah, no great. shit. Those are things Holy. that, you know, growing up in that area, like, that's like what was important to me. <laughs> totally, dude. Like, uh, was it at the, um, uh, what, what part of the mall was it where the, remember they used to have that Sega game work thing. Was it near that? Oh God, it's been so long. I, 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 yeah, I know, like, right. Like the middle, there's like a middle area, like the main, like atrium hang. I think there's a food court, but it was yeah. like that middle okay. area and it was, you know, just like people up in the escalators, up on the top things, like the whole sea of like fun stuff. And I was like, because I remember like telling myself, kids, like one day, you know, y'all don't even know. <laughs> one of those things. Y'all don't I'll even be, know. That's right. I'll be yeah. headlining this mall. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're inside a Footlocker, just like just trashing yeah. it, just like it was actually it was an Anchor Blue. I had to do a signing in yeah. the Anchor Blue. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I love it. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. So Flower Mound, holy shit. So do you get to? I mean, yeah. how often do you go back to Texas? Um, uh, I go back about maybe three or four times a year. I go with my oh, mom wow. and my brother still live there. So okay. I go visit my family or uh, I go home every Christmas. Uh, I'll be there in two weeks to, to uh, DJ a wedding. A buddy of mine's getting married and he's going through with it. And he's, this, here's the problem is when you, you know, you play music or you're a DJ, all your friends, they start <laughs> giving a call and it's time for them to get, to get married. I'm like, man, I was like, I would love to do it. But it's like, if I did all my friends' weddings, I'm like, damn. So, but I'm a sucker, you know, and like with the homies, he's like, come on, bro. I'm like, you're right. I ain't got nothing else to do right now. Let's do it. <laughs> Especially when your friends, Ryan Cabrera, they're, you know what I mean? Like, dude. Well, I think yeah. writing, writing uh, true was what, one of the biggest blessings and biggest curses of my life because true is such a wedding song that like every, absolutely every one of my dude. Friends, like, it's only one song i'm like yeah but it's that's one giant trip out there bro you know how many people have had babies gotten married to that song we're talking millions Man, I hope so. I hope there's so. a lot of like, little rcs running around you know what i mean nah, not directly not directly from you not yeah. <laughs> yeah, that no no let's hit that record straight right now uh, yeah <laughs> That came out wrong. They it might have. Wrong. They might have that old school, like that hair. They might yeah. have like, that hair up there, but it ain't mine. <laughs> so there's all these little kids at your concert with that hair in the front yeah. row. You're like, wait a second, is that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I did do. I did fly back to Texas to do my brother's wedding, though. He wanted me to play true at his wedding, so I did that. Well, that uh, that obviously uh, makes the most sense yeah, there, right? Like, yeah, of course, uh, for, fam for family. It's such a honestly, man, that's such a beautiful song. I must have listened to it like 10 times just like preparing wow. for this uh, podcast, man. It really is. I mean, you know that it's such a I don't know. No, dude, I could tell for me, like I always still it's, it still blows my mind, like to hear, you know, songs and um, wherever you know if there's in stores or restaurants and stuff like i still like even though i've been doing this for like 16 17 years like it's still it's new to me every time so I, that's I awesome appreciate anything that's awesome man that's it keeps you fresh right it just keeps you on your toes i, I like mean, that you appreciating it you know like yeah. i appreciate the fact that you know i get to play music for a living totally totally yeah that's awesome man so what what yeah so what as far as like you know your schedule everything obviously the pandemic hit did you have to cancel a lot of you know shows we, and well tours? we canceled uh, all of our pretty much everything up till right now i believe as of now we're starting in august i don't know if that's gonna happen i mean they're yeah. hopeful but 
uh, most of everything up until August has been moved to 2021. And I'm still kind of expecting just everything for the rest of the year to be moved to them. But it's really up to, you know, the, the powers that be, if they feel safe and they think it's something that you can pull off and, you know, I'll be there. If not, then it's not worth it. Like I'd rather move it, you know, till next year and uh, make sure everybody's, you know, doing it properly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also, you know, because you travel around all the different states and even within the states that, right, the cities are doing it differently. So yeah. hard, hard to keep yeah. up with that, I'm and sure. And who's to say what's right, what's wrong? I don't totally. know. So yeah. we'll, just see, we'll just see. I'm planning on just continuing to just write while we can, you know, at home and do these uh, uh, fun podcasts and like do some, you know, the charity concerts and figure out ways to, you know, uh, make the best of it and uh that's all you can do yeah still been absolutely. painting a lot of paint i paint a lot i've been like you know making jackets and stuff for people and trying to figure out ways to be creative you know um painted that one for my mom i gotta bring that to her in, in a couple weeks oh wow holy shit i thought you bought that honestly mama <laughs> dude no I, I did no i love painting so that's been kind of and also like a, a way to get through you know being at home and all that stuff that's so funny as an artist lot, right you really you've been cooking a lot oh, oh yeah every day what kind Love of stuff like what are you me, like, what are you into well for me like cooking is, is the same as you know writing a song or you know painting a painting like it's all creative and i don't really know what i'm doing but because i've done <laughs> so much i figured out same thing with painting like people think like oh did you go to school for that? i was like i just grab something and i just do it you know you figure it out along the way and i think a lot of people too with cooking they think like, oh, I don't know how to cook. They're like, well, you won't until you just keep trying. And then you try something new and then you throw something else in there. And then, you know, you get some tips from other people. And along the way, like I, I started cooking maybe like five or six years ago because one of my ex-girlfriends got sick and, you know, I had to cook for her every day. And uh, it just became something that I love doing and uh, trying to get better at. I like taking uh, normal dishes and just throw some weird stuff in there and uh, make it, you know, new. Now, the only problem with that is uh, I never really remember exactly what I did. So if you want it <laughs> twice, probably ain't gonna happen with me. <laughs> that's a lit. That, you're not the only but one I that does probably, that. Right. That's the, it's it's got to be fun. It's, it's creative. It's a way to, you know, to make something that didn't exist exist. It's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah, it, people happy, you can cook. Are you kidding me? Absolutely, man. It's the way to the soul, I think, through the stomach, right? Don't they say that? I don't know. I, I, think, that's a, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, if if all, not, all, it should all be. All the gentlemen out there who you know think like, oh, I need to learn to cook. If you want to get into a lady's heart, you learn how to cook. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm, I've been cooking for a long time. Um, I owned a food truck here in, in Austin for many years and uh, you know, sort of why I got, you know, going with this podcast, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, man, I love cooking. I, I actually do cook all the time at home too. And my wife cooks, uh, as well, very well. So I'm, I'm lucky to be honest. Lucky. You're stacked household. You're stacked. stacked, dude. Yes. Uh, I, I actually run my house kitchen. Like I did my commercial kitchen. So it's not like normal. You go, you come to my house. It doesn't look like a normal person's kitchen. Just right. I'm I'm weird. I got shit labeled and stored, and yeah, I just uh, you know you learn those uh, disciplines when you work in a kitchen, uh, and it just carries over. I'm sure your music studio at your house would be much different from you know Joe Schmo's uh, music studio. Well, I think everyone's got to be make it their own. You know, yeah, like, that's whatever, a good point. Whatever makes you vibe and get in the zone, or you know, your 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 kitchen is your studio, or it's like you know, you know, it's like your your safe place. So 
if you like, you, you very particular, you like things a certain way, so you can do what you do, so you can perform at the highest level. That's right, man. Where, where's like some crazy places you've recorded or anything uh, like well, not, that just stands not, not, out? Too crazy. I mean, we've done like we've done the stuff where we do some vocals like in a bathtub, you yeah. know, in the bathroom to try to get yeah. like the weird reverb. We, you know, we've tested that because I, I have a lot of friends that have home studios, and it's like if it's close enough. We're, we're getting that like the 500 yard <laughs> mic table and just get in the bathroom and just try to do something weird. Uh, we, we've experimented with that. I mean, as far as for me, like one of the coolest places I recorded was Capitol Studios. I did uh, my first record where like, you know, on the same microphone that Sinatra sang on. And like wow. that to me is like, cause I love, you know, the history of places or when I play venues and I'm like, you know, you know, Paul Simon stood right here one day and you know, blah, 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 I was backstage one day. So when we recorded uh, there, like where the Beatles, you know, were and like, so not like that, that kind of stuff like blows my mind. So that, that oh, was a can't imagine. That, that, like nowadays, most, most people are doing home studios and which is smart because you don't really, you know, need as much equipment uh, um, as you used to. But there is also a vibe about going into an actual studio where, you know, you can feel uh, the presence of people. I did uh, something, um, uh, not for my record, but I was working on somebody else's record. And it was like where, you know, Michael Jackson recorded Thriller, you know, like those kind of things. And you can oh, still wow. feel the presence of those artists in that, in that studio and it creates a vibe. I can't imagine. Um, yeah. so you, you have really seen the progression change, right? From, from that, from oh, nothing. Cause what you right. I mean, totally different worlds now. So yeah. what you can do with just a computer and a microphone is out of control. And social media, right? Like when you started, what what was around really? Well, I, Not, I didn't exist. Nothing. Social media is still confusing to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old school. But I see the beauty in it. You know, there's nothing better than being able to like, you know, instantly be able to be like, hey, what do you guys think of this? And actually get yeah. feedback from, you know, you know, what you'd love to think is mostly your fans. Obviously there is, you know, the percentage of uh, people who are uh, all your haters as well which is their, you know, the downside of social media is all the people just want to get on and talk shit. It's like, I got nothing else better to do. So other than that, but it is a way to like instantly find out, you know, some people who may, you know, doesn't have to say like they love it, but they could be like, dude, not really feeling that, you know, this kind of thing. And it's cool to like, you know, see that and take something from it from people who, you know, are following you or, or whatnot. It's still, uh, you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm not like the all across the board, like I try to, you know, run every single thing because I, I, I feel like it's become our job now, whereas like before we had social media, like that part, that wasn't part of our job was to write the best music we could and yeah. get out there and perform, you know, and get in the studio. And now it's like a daily thing. You wake up and you got to check and do and it's just more stuff to do. Um, but I, you know, I've, I've had to teach myself to grow and adapt to love it you know absolutely and there's so many platforms right it's not like there's one platform oh, to get there's something new and you know um it's great you know it's, I, I do like the fact that you know a lot of the things right, like help people to become more creative you know there's a lot of people who do like these you know quick little 45 minute things and i'm like damn that's kind of genius i wish i thought of that you know but um that's not really my <laughs> world you know yeah no, that's crazy. Um, gosh, yeah. It, I mean, it has changed. It, you know, I'm, I'm curious, like, Ryan, if so, your last name is Cabrera. I'm actually half Mexican. My mom's from Mexico City. Oh, um, so, 
yeah so I, anytime i see uh that's what i was gonna ask Where, where's your is yeah. it venezuelan uh no colombia colombia okay Columbia. yeah my dad is from barranquilla right on man that's awesome but, so did you grow up with like spanish in the household or how did that work uh my grandmother like she always tried to get us to talk spanish and she used to make us watch the uh, telenovelas uh yeah. you know to try to, to learn but you know my dad um never really taught us or you know obviously we took it in school but just like everybody else um yeah i'm, I'm a mix of so many different things so i'm half hispanic half white and then about you know whatever above where they're from but majority i mean now that i've, I've grown up a little bit more i've always like i love going to columbia and i love the culture and um i didn't really know much about it growing up and now i'm like dad why didn't you teach us Spanish? You know, it's cooler to be if I could, you know, actually go down there and speak fluently with everybody instead of like, I can't imagine because I, you know, I try to speak it when I'm down there. Who knows what you know, the hell I'm saying? You know, because I'm, you know, it's, it's probably like so broken and backwards, but you sure. know, I try. Yeah, no, right on. Uh, yeah, luckily my mom, um, she did. I mean, she she did. She spoke to us a lot. We actually would stay in Mexico for months at a time when I was growing up. So, um, I would actually forget English when I would come back to the States after being in, when you're a kid, it just, you're so yeah, it's like, like it a sponge, yeah, you right. You know? Yeah. It, it would be, I would come back for school. I'd be gone all summer and then I'd come back for school and I would have the first couple of weeks I'd be I'd just having really tough time with English. And then I just get right back into it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so I'm very thankful for that now. Um, in yeah, retrospect, that's one of those things that I wish because people totally. are like, yeah, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, I like, you know, you speak, it's like, oh, I'm like, the amount of times I have to say <laughs> in my life got real annoying, Dad. Like, why? Because, you know, if I was younger, un poquito, poquito, that's hilarious I, you know to be honest with you if you don't use it it's you know it, it sort of goes away and um luckily i went to spain and moved there and and married someone from spain and that helps sort of re reinvigorate everything so right. my house my household is actually all spanish we don't speak any english oh, in my house well, i think um, originally i originally like my the cabrera side came from spain they uh, did well i looked up the name um i was very it has actually a huge lineage uh to be honest with you your name yeah they, they yeah. were saying uh part of uh catalonia which is where like barcelona is um that uh -huh. that area of spain so pretty cool yeah your name has a lot of history it was really neat i dig it i love i love being mixed and especially you know i think it's just that's my mix a, too half white yeah. half hispanic yeah i think it's dope yeah, me too. Man. I didn't go to college, I, but I imagine it might have helped uh, on my application. <laughs> I didn't get to that's, use that. Yeah. That's funny. That is hilarious. Yeah, that's so did that ever like I guess if you weren't really exposed to the language, but I'm sure the culture is just inside of you. Do you think that affected your well, music, I, like I, your I, rhythm I up, and you know? Well when I when I hear Spanish music, like I think Christo I used to go to Miami every Christmas with my grandma and every summer. And so that, like, I heard more music in her household than like my parents. You know, yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, my dad used to listen to old Beatles records. My mom used to listen to, you know, Springsteen, you know, like all the good stuff. And I'm like, I didn't really grow up around music, like in our actual house. But when I went to my grandma's, music, oh my God, all the time, Grupo Nietzsche, Jerry Rivera, like all, you know, the old, um amaze like salsa and like all this and everybody's always dancing so i grew up around dancing like salsa and, like all awesome. that stuff when i was there in miami 
and then I got home, it was, it was different. I kind of had to discover it for myself. But like literally the second I hear um, salsa music or, you know, reggaeton or stuff like that, like I literally think of Christmas. I'm like, oh, it reminds me of my grandma. <laughs> that is definitely in me. It's in there somewhere. And uh, I, like, like you just said, like I was kind of a sponge for that. So like I do have certain songs. Um, they're not like singles or anything like that or anything like you would have heard, but they're, you could hear like a little bit of a Latin like beat in there, like that rhythm. Yeah. Um, that kind of incorporated over and then I ended up doing a, you know, a couple of songs in Spanglish um, well I did True in full Spanish but then I also did Spanglish version um, oh really oh I didn't yeah, know did that. that that's badass that for, for my grandma because I was like if she can hear me sing in Spanish even though you know um, I don't speak it fluently but I can sure. you know I can sing it enough to where like you know uh, you know I, I can still mean what I'm saying and uh, it was actually the only version she lived in Miami so Y100 down in Miami, the only version of True they played was the Spanglish version. So and that for me was a big deal because she got to hear me on the radio and it was in Spanish and that, that kind awesome. of thing. That yeah, is so cool, man. Finally believed me that, you know, I was doing something with my life. She, <laughs> she finally believed you. That's hilarious. She heard it and she's like, oh, I don't know. And then uh, she heard it in Spanish and she's like, Okay, now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> that's, that, that's that's she got so excited. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. That yeah. is so funny. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's uh, you know, parents or grandparents, right? That it's it's unless something connects with them, it's not a big deal. You know, yeah, it's like don't, I don't know who that is, or oh, yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tell your grandma you're not going to college because you're playing music. She's like, that's cute. <laughs> that's. <laughs> Yeah, that's cute. You're an idiot. Good that's, luck with so, that. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, I saw that, that, that. God, that's so interesting because so basically, you didn't really grow up at least in your direct household. Your immediately, you know, your immediate family. What made you want to pick up a guitar and start writing songs? Like, uh, why even? No, why even I think well, when I was like late middle school, um, early high school, like I would, I, I told people, girls, that I was in a band, and uh, I was not. <laughs> and i didn't even play an instrument but me and my other buddy crying elders like said we were at a band and um and then i had to back it up They're like when you're ever gonna play a show like oh you know we'll play a show we'll play a show and then and ryan he had a, he had an old guitar in his room and we were just hanging out like do you think maybe i should actually learn the guitar and then we can actually maybe form a band and play some shows and um he's he's like well you know here's this guitar so i would just play it at his house every day and then that kind of formed into something. That's crazy. So you just felt like you just had a natural talent for it, or were other people telling you, "Damn, man, you you got something"? No, I just got. I just got. I, I wasn't very good, you know. I just got lucky, you know, kind of along the way. Yeah. Wow. That's. Cr I mean, you, you know, the songs you've written, man, they're amazing. So it's just like no formal training, just all natural. Just, just yeah. go for it. So look, so you've been uh, so you've been writing songs. Um, do you have any um, new music that you are wanting you know, to I release do. or what? Yeah, well, you know what? Like I did, uh, I threw out a little something, but it was just for fun um, that me and my buddy wrote over like FaceTime, because um, just to keep you know some some stuff out there. It's a song that you know I never would have released, um, you know, for the album. But it's like here's something just fun for you guys to you know party to uh you know what kind of what we're all stuck at home kind of thing um but then i started uh going to the studio to write uh i go in like with the intention to write for my album and i'm gonna write, finish my album but 
then all of a sudden, you know, we hear something and I was like, oh, you know, this be cool for it. And then we ended up, you know, ended up like writing it for a different artist, which is also really fun and a different way to kind of, uh, you know, go about the whole process. But so we, we started working with this uh, young 14 year old kid who's insane, like he's so good. And, uh, you know, kind of, so then now like, dang, we hit this song that's so dope. Like, let's write another one for him and then, you know, work on different projects. But I'll, I will get to the, you know, finish in mind at some point. Yeah, right on. Well, that's cool to write music for other artists, right? Like, do you... No, yeah, it seems it's like different. A... You know, the way that, you know, I can get away with telling a story through, you know, someone else's eyes, which is different, you know, than what I would ever do. Sure. You know, my yeah. music, it's all, this is through my eyes. You know, for yeah. somebody else, it can be like, you know, maybe people look at it this way. It's just another way to try to relate to different audiences. How about writing for, like, does it matter if it's male or female? Like, does that make sense? No, like, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I try to, you know, things, you know, different ways. Whether we're male or female, you know, we all kind of go through certain things. 100%. Um, you know, and there's a universal language, you know, I think everybody can relate to. And sure. um, like me, me and Avril Lavigne wrote um, a song called Tell Me It's Over for her, her album last year. Um, wow. Was, you know, kind of looking at, you know, relationship that happened to her, you know, through her eyes. And so that was fun to do. And it's just uh, different ways, you know, to, to, to express ourselves. And so sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun, like to, do something for somebody else because I can kind of say stuff that I normally wouldn't say, you know? Totally. Yes. That I can only imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Get to be a different side of yourself. Yeah, I get to be a different person for a day. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, so also there's songs that you know, I'd want to hear that I think are better suited for other people's voices, you know, like my 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 voice is kind of, you know, is cool in, in, in this direction, but then like I could hear like this melody going in this way which is something maybe i can't do so but i can like hear it in my head and try to be like what if you did this 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 and then they go off and i'm like oh damn it's done so much better with you doing it than me doing it. <laughs> so that's just growth basically you know so like you know as a as a songwriter yeah, when you began to now who you are right yeah, what you yeah. can and can't do um, this is a way to you know do that, and I'm like like the song we wrote for Stefan is such a dope song. If I sang that, I'd sound like an idiot, <laughs> you know, because it's such a different style. But you know, I could still write it. I could sure. still you know help write you know come up with the stuff. It's just you know performance wise, it makes more sense sometimes for other people. Yeah, absolutely. So like, you know, from when you began to where you are now as a songwriter and producer, right? A lot of different, you wear a lot of different hats. Um, what, what is really, I don't know, what are the uh, two or three top things that you've changed like in yourself? Like you're more collaborative, like what, what is the bigger things now? Yeah, I think it, um, learning that you don't have to do it all, you know, yourself. Um, I was pretty stubborn, you know, the first two albums I did, I was like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I have to be, you know, looked at as like a real artist. I, you know, you know, I, I tried certain things, you know, or there were certain collaborations that were offered to me and I'm like, no, you know, I do everything. Blah, blah. And then by the third album, I'm like, wait, it's actually way cooler, you know, to, you know, collaborate and work on, you know, with a bunch of different people and like absorb, you know, what they know, knowing that, you know, you're not always right. And sometimes it's, it's, you know, better for the song to listen 
instead of always just, you know, saying that this is right. You know, and I, I mean, I've always been pretty open, but at the same time, stubborn in the beginning and then, you know, realizing now, you know, and then, uh, I, I mean, that's the, probably the biggest growth was, you know, just being open to ideas and trying to learn from everybody and, you know, just watch what they're doing and be like, okay, I could take a little bit of that, you know, take a little bit of this and then make it my own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a different way to write a song because in the beginning, you you did write every one of your songs, right, for your albums. Well, I've always wrote, you know, you know, every song, but I was like, I never did another song and then you know put it out there. Um, but you know, I'm not opposed. I don't I don't know if I could ever sing like my a single like that. I didn't or at least have a piece of. Yeah. Uh, but that's just like my own personal sure well you got to give it your little touch right i mean that makes sense yeah i just i feel like i don't know it's always been such a thing because obviously a lot of artists now you know don't really write their own song you know they yeah there's writers and they they get pitched songs and there's nothing wrong with that it's just for me like i personally want to you know know that i I, I, yeah I, i did that yeah so like when you wrote you know, on the way down, were you thinking, okay, this song is going to catapult me to superstardom? No, no. <laughs> That's one of those weird things. That you, you never know. Like you don't, like, it's like, I can't judge my music. I think I can, like, I could be like, all right, I think this song's really good, but I, I you, like, you don't really know because you're so like in it. You're like, you're, um, you're too involved. I, you know, like I could play you, six songs that I'd be like, this is clearly the best one. And then, you know, that's the beauty is that everyone's got different opinions to where you'd be like, man, I really dig this one. Uh, or, you know, everybody's going to be different. Sure. Um, yeah. It's just how you connect think, with like, the song. You can't tell if it's a hit or not. You don't know. If gonna like it. You might think like, Oh, I think a lot of people like this one and be totally wrong. And that's where hopefully you have a good team, you know, around you to where they can be like, we've been doing this for 25 years right you've been doing it for four months like i think we know what we're doing you know and then you know, you're like all right i trust you like i you know i don't know everything about everything you know so uh that was definitely yeah they they picked on the way down as the first single and that, that was actually the song that got me signed so that was the the good news of that song was like it got me a record deal yeah, absolutely god that's awesome man that's just so cool so so that that just I mean, was it, I'm, I don't want to say overnight, but did it seem like overnight success to you? No, no, because I was, dude, I did, uh, I, I came from the time period when you had to grind, like you had to yeah. go play every show because how you didn't get discovered, you know, back then on, on YouTube or, um, you know, Vine or Instagram or whatever, um, you had to play shows like as much as possible and try to get as good as you can and go in and um i took every show i could get i I played in like mexican food restaurants sitting there in the corner nobody listening to empty bars in austin uh for like literally just the bartender and then you know i used to go door to door at sororities i'd go to campuses and just knock on every sorority door and ask if i could come in and play for them and i'd be like i'm gonna go play a show at the blah blah blah. like if you guys want to come you know and i'd sit there in the living room with my guitar and play for them and try to get dude if you got if you got one fan a night that was a big deal back then you know so i used to play deep Pelham, which is in dallas like um like the 
the gritty part of Dallas or the nightclubs and all that stuff. And I wasn't even old enough to get into the clubs myself. So I'd have to go in, play, and then leave because they wouldn't let me hang out. I couldn't That's even hilarious. sound check. I couldn't watch any other bands. Oh, really? Yeah, they wouldn't even that. let you sound check? No shit. I had to go. No, not without my parents. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Hey, mom, how does this <laughs> sound? Yeah. Different So I, by the time, like, I actually got signed, like, I've already been playing, like, over a thousand shows wow and then once that happened and then it was a slow build too for even that song like um the guy that signed me he was a genius he's like here's what i'd rather have because i remember like it came out and it like you know came out like maybe really low like it was the 112th song being played um which isn't very many students per week and then the next week it was like at 111 and then the next week it was like 109 and so that, you know, after, you know, some time, you know, and you sign a record deal, you're so excited, your, your stuff's coming out, like, this is going to be big, so you think, and then it's just sitting there like this, and he's like, he's like, Ryan, I'm telling you right now, this is exactly what we want, and I'm like, what are you talking about, I don't want to do that, and he goes, no, 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 <laughs> songs that last, you know, are the ones that do this, and these are the songs that, you know, will stand the test of time and be around for a lot longer than the ones that go like this, because as quickly as they go like this, they go just like that. So you wanted to do that and then that, you know, and that's like, that. and then lo and behold, 29 weeks later, you know, finally, you know, <laughs> broke the top 20 and then, and then last year, like 18, you know, 17, 16, and then just slowly built. And then I was like, hell yeah. I was like, all right, I'll listen to you. So that, <laughs> from that point on, I trusted that man for, for, for everything. He was, he was great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Was there one moment to you? during that time where you were just like i fucking made it you know was it like a show a special show you were playing or an interview you did or you met somebody i don't know is there you know one moment um, it, it wasn't for a while but i mean like i always told myself it's like if you ever have a tour bus you've made it and then yeah. when you get that you're like all right well i haven't really made it yet if i get to <laughs> here like all right you've made it and then after you do that you're like well, this would be a little bit cooler. <laughs> and, you know, there's obviously, you, know, you could judge it by venues or like, you know, sizes or what you've done and all that stuff. But for me, it was, um, I think it was, uh, I forget, it was maybe 2006. Um, I got invited to the Songwriter Awards or um, Songwriters of the Year or something like that awards. And then I got to perform on stage uh, with Smokey Robinson, Bill Withers, who was one of my heroes. Oh, Bill um, Withers. Uh, John Fogarty. Uh, Richie Sambora. Um, wow. Ra randomly enough, Chris Tucker, for some reason, was on that stage with us. But we, <laughs> we, all, we, all sang, uh, we all sang My Girl, you know, Smokey wow. was off the lead for My Girl. Yes. And I remember looking up here and just saying, like, what the hell am I doing up here? Just uh, giant spikes, you know, dressed like an <laughs> asshole, and all, all these legends. And then me. Uh, but it was in that moment, you know, and I remember being like, I don't care what I've done before this, uh, you know, I don't care what I've done after this. Right now, in this moment, I was like, you did, you, you did something that, you know, even, you know, you didn't even know you could ever get to or, or like do. So for me, like those are, uh, you know, like I played with Bill Withers. I remember after I was like, Bill, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of all these people, like, and I'm on stage singing, you know, with them, you know, because I mean, at that time, you know, somehow I, I, I ended up there, but I was like, I'm still a fan of all these people. Like, I'm like, Bill, we signed my guitar. I just played on stage with you. And he's like, dude, get over here, brother. He's like, absolutely. And he's like, you know what? He's like, you're the future. And uh, signed my guitar. And I was like, dude, 
over. That's, oh, uh, what like, a story. Wait, I don't even care what happened from this point on. <laughs> oh, no, I had that moment and I, and I did something to get there. So that was a really special moment for me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Wow, what a, yeah. I, I had no business being up there with those cats. Yeah, absolutely did. I mean, in my opinion, um, you know, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I, but I can imagine being in your position and thinking the same yeah. thing if I looked around and yeah. saw that. How, you did, know. how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, three years ago, I didn't even own a pair of shoes, you know. <laughs> you grinded, man. Like you said, I you grinded. Dude, when, I, when I moved out to L.A., like I didn't have a pair of shoes. I only had a pair of flip flops. That's crazy. Uh, it was exciting. I had to pack so quick. Like I was playing um, the overnight thing. It wouldn't be like the success or like getting a record deal because I got turned down by every label um, before I ended up getting a record deal by one of the labels that turned me down. <laughs> so, like it was so, like that whole thing. But I did like I was in Dallas one night playing at the Hard Rock Cafe for this little showcase. And uh, Joe Simpson um, at the time, you know, obviously Jessica Simpson was you know, huge at that time, you know, like her first album, just killing it. And uh, he saw me play that night and was like, yeah, you're moving to LA with me and the family. Um, I'm gonna get your flight and uh, we're gonna make you start. I was like, it was just like that. I was like, okay, well, I just started. Wow. I've been in, I've been going to UTD for three months and like, I wow. just grabbed a bag real quick. I had just like a, literally a carry on bag. And then uh, two days later I was living in LA um, actually not too far from where I live now, living with the Simpson family in this giant house. And I didn't have shoes. I didn't, I didn't pack anything. And so I had, all I had was my flip flops. And, uh, eventually we started going to record label meetings and, uh, Joe used to yell at me. He's like, Ryan, you're meeting with the president of universal records and you're wearing flip flops. I'm like I didn't bring shoes. I, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to go home. I didn't want to tell my mom that I didn't. So I just took what I had in my little door in my college apartment. I didn't want to go home and tell my parents that I was leaving for LA because I know they wouldn't let me. So I just left. Oh, wow. So that was what I had. And uh, so then he would yell at me because uh, uh, I'm meeting with like the president of Sony, the president of Universal, and I'm wearing flippy flops. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he gave me uh, the next day after I told him that he had a pair of shoes in front of my door <laughs> outside of my room. But they were the <laughs> ugliest damn shoes I'd ever seen. These ugly ass Pradas. And I'm like, that's nice and all. I know you like, you know, expensive things, Joe, but these are ugly as hell. You paid a thousand dollars to look these dumpy Prada shoes. And I was like, damn it, I have to wear these things. So I wore them. And uh, I also didn't wear matching socks at the time because uh, it was like a super superstitious thing. Like, um, and so, uh, and the reason it came was because, so I went to the meeting in those ugly Prada shoes without socks on. Remember, mind you, I only had flippy flops at this time. So I'm like, I don't care if you need socks. But I went to the meeting and he could see like, you know, the, the part between my pants and the shoes. So he's like, you can't go meet with the president of Atlantic Records with no socks on. God, you know, I look presentable. And so it pissed him off. So then the next meeting, I wore mismatching socks just to piss him off. And so from that moment on, I never wore matching socks again. And that was why <laughs> all the fans always wonder like, dude, don't you have a pair of matching socks? I'm like, I do. But I ain't gonna wear them because I know it drives Joe Simpson nuts. <laughs> Damn, man, that is just crazy. He just plucks you out and I takes you to, I takes you to California. Yeah, that's crazy. yeah, dude. Literally a couple days later, I'm living in LA, and I can't believe you didn't tell your parents. I can't. I mean, well, and be honest with you, 
did not go over well. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> so I live in LA now and uh, I'm going to play music for a living, not go to college, <laughs> not get a degree and not be a business person like y'all want me to. So and they didn't but, like that. No, no, they still don't. My mom, well, they like, they started to like it once they realized, you know, at that time they could, you know, you know, go somewhere and probably get, you know, a table quicker. <laughs> yeah. They started to like it a little bit then. She like skips the line at PF Chang's. She's yeah, like, yeah. this is yeah. a bonus. Uh-huh. I love- <laughs> yeah. You, uh, yeah. Hour and a half away at the Rainforest Cafe? Not anymore. <laughs> how's your son doing now? Yeah, how's your son? <laughs> Oh man, that's hilarious. God, what a crazy fucking story, man. I can't, I mean, just bam, in LA. Then be a star. Like I said, it wasn't easy roads. I sing for every label and I got sure. turned down. They all said no. They all said the same thing. They're like, you know, we like your look, we like your voice, but we don't really hear any hit songs. So, no. Like, so, it was the songs that you were bringing them to them in their yeah, mind. I, At least that's what they were saying to you. Yeah, but at that time, you know, you're 20 years old, like you don't understand that. Like the way you see yeah. the music business in your head versus what the music business is actually like sure. is, is like, you know, learning a new color. You're like, that's red? Because my whole life, I thought that was black. <laughs> you know, that's how different it really is once you get involved. And I, you don't, you know, Joe would explain that to me because he'd been in the business, but I did not understand that. I'm like, this isn't the way it's supposed to work. Because, you, you know, you see like on TV or in the movies, you know, what it's supposed to be like. And that's not at all what it's like. So he's like, don't get discouraged. Like, you know, I'm like, Joe, I just got turned down by every label. So I don't know what there's not be discouraged about. He's like, just writing. And then um, uh, one of this publisher, Evan Lambert, was like, Ryan, I hear it. Like, I do songs for a living. Um, you keep writing and, uh, you know, I'll give you some money. Uh, we'll sign you over here with us. And then you just keep writing because I know eventually you'll get it. And uh, so that's what kept me afloat. So I did that for like a year, year and a half. And then um, I went to New York and worked with um, these two new producers up there and we wrote on the way down. And then next thing I know, that same label was like, all right, what are you talking about? We always believed in you. I'm like, you <laughs> did not. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're... but yeah, whatever, it was fine. Yeah. And you know, that's the journey, right? I can't imagine. I I don't know if I've ever heard any artist go, Oh, I had the perfect journey through the music industry. Right. Yeah. No, it doesn't. If they did, you know, they're probably lying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Weird. A hundred percent. First level got signed, had a number one hit. And then the next, you know, although nowadays, nowadays it's weird. It's like, it's all about numbers and like followers and you know, all that kind of stuff when you go into labels a little bit different than what what it was when I for the first record at least yeah you might not even need to get signed to a big label now right you can just do it on your own like we were talking earlier yeah, you can record I, say, I was if I was you know you know one of the you know new artists and I'm already building this huge platform you know I would just find a, a great management team and because then they'll understand like okay you don't really necessarily have to have all this stuff because in the long run it's only going to cost you more money like yes you know you'll get your however much money advances but at the end of the day that's your money so you could also yeah. do it this way and then you know use your you know platforms properly yeah that's interesting so so ryan cabrera 2020 if he was starting now that's the way he would do it if i that's yeah a- if i built that up yeah like he well and anybody even if you want to get signed if you're you're not like you know working on you know building that fan base uh you, you know 
that's that's where you obviously the music is, is first and foremost at least for me but you know not in every case because obviously you know there's a package that might work without the best music in the world but yeah for sure um so look um ryan i'm gonna change topic a little bit um right. this will be sort of uh we'll, we'll round it round it out here um I uh, been so I've been doing a lot of research, you know, for for our interview, and I've been watching a lot of clips of you on the USA Network, and you're on oh Ms. and Mrs. Ms. and Mrs. Yes, yeah. man, that like I wasn't expecting that when I went to research you. I was like, whoa, because <laughs> I just that show is great. Um, yeah. That guy is amazing. I remember him from um, Real World. Real World. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was absolutely my favorite from that. He's one of my favorite from. Yeah, he, he did all the challenges like he's yeah. amazing. And then he got into wrestling, became this legit wrestler. And yeah. he always wanted to do that on the real world. So like That's what I heard they're like he always had that character. He said that from the beginning. It was like the yeah. first thing he said. Um, I, I never just, saw I just, him on the show. I heard that. I mean, but we became friends during that time period because right after awesome. that, that show came out was when we met. So we've been really? like, he's one of the first people I met out in LA. This is like 2003, maybe. Oh, and, wow. Uh, we became friends. I know that. And then, uh, and then I remember when he told us all, he's like, um, yeah, I'm going to become a wrestler. I want to become a wrestler. Like, sweet. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh-huh. He's like, legit. yeah, Mike, you're bigger, you're bigger than me, but you're not that big. And uh, just, he just was at it and at it and at it, man. I can't tell you like how like his work ethic and that's awesome. Dude, I've never seen that. And he, you know, didn't care what we said. You know, we poke fun at him. You know, just all the time. Like like buddies always do. Like sure. And then um, he killed it and is still as humble today as he was when you know the, the second before he even said he was going to try out for that. So and his show is so good and like that's that's really what they're like. That's great. Like, that's, I love that. Like that's legit what he's like. That show's so fun. I like that. <laughs> I like doing that show because it's there's no like drama on it. Like there's no like forced. Okay, well, you know there's some like you know there's the you know the marital issues that people have, but it's always done in a loving way. There's no like bullshit behind the show, which a lot of the reality shows do, which I would yeah. know because dated a lot of girls that were on some. <laughs> I know the BS that goes on behind him. So with this show, he asked me to, he's, you know, his, uh, to come on. I'm like, I know this will be fun, and we can, you know, uh, you know, goof around and be ourselves. So how does that work? Do they like call you and then say we're filming? Come on over, well, or is it like, just no, natural? No, it's more like he'll be, you know, like I would happen to be going to Austin, um, or like he's having, you know, a baby shower, which I'd be, you know, going to, or if he's having a Halloween party, and then. You know, after that, like, if, you know, whatever we'd normally be doing on the new season, on the new season, we go to, like, we love playing golf together. So we're going to, like, the TaylorMade Kingdom, which is what we'd be doing also. But they're like, well, hey, let's film you guys. You know, it's fun when you guys together and you can chat about what's been going on. Um, uh, so it kind of works more like that. Like, if I'm in town, because, um, you know, we talked, like, I talked to him this morning and, uh, you know, about what we're doing, what's going on. Let's grab, let's play golf this week or let's grab dinner or whatever. And then sometimes... He'll be like, hey, do you care if we film? And they'll be like, no, of course not. Or if, uh, on the new season also, um, I was doing like this beer pong uh, little tournament at uh, my manager's house uh, for this app thing. And he's like, why am I not invited? I'm like, dude, you're not. He's like, uh, we're filming it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and why not? Oh, man, I love that. that that's it's so a great good. show. 
It's a great show, man. Yeah, it's such a great show. Uh, you're great on it. It's really funny. Uh, one one clip in particular that just had me rolling was when he um, he showed up and said, "Hey, I got this clip of me singing it, Twisted Sister." And, oh God, dude. Yeah. He still thinks he, he still thinks he can sing. Like we we have we have the <laughs> videos we send to each other, and he thinks he like legit. I mean, he's. I mean, we auto tune the fuck out of him, and he knows it. <laughs> he still pretends like when he hears it, like he actually sang it like that. And, uh, like maybe one, you know, one day you'll, you'll you'll get there. And I'm like, oh my god, that was a fun episode because he, well, what they weren't allowed to show. Yeah, it was that episode. We he was doing like carpool karaoke, or he had to sing at like one of the events. So we were like, you know, put him in the studio, like see what he's got, give him some voice lessons, and then uh, <laughs> got him ready. I was doing a show in San Diego at the uh, at the fair, so him and Maurice came out, and he wanted to introduce me. And so Lance Bass is the host of our tour. So oh, Lance, wow. is the, Lance is the. Uh, you know comes out and does all the intros when like i'm about to go on and mike's like yo can we can i do the intro and so the cameras came out and i'm like yeah of course he's like well so who's gonna intro me and i was like if you're mike if you're doing the intros you're you're the intro er you want someone to introduce the introducer like, <laughs> he's like yeah like so you're telling me you want lance bass the host of our tour to introduce you to introduce me. And he's like, yeah. I go, no. I'm like, get your ass out there with Lance. Y'all do it together. And I do the thing. And then he comes up during the last song and we do the Twisted Sister for the whole crowd. And everybody's face in the crowd was one of the funniest things. They're just like, make it stop. I don't like it. I don't like it. And he's just screaming, we're not gonna take it. And he gets so into it. He gets fired up. Um, it is great, but unfortunately, the, the city of San Diego wouldn't approve um, the, the like sign off, whatever. Which we already had like the fair signed off on it, and then oh. so, like you didn't air that part of the episode, but it was hysterical. It was so good. That is hilarious. God, well, that's the that's the performer in him coming out, right? Just oh yeah, to... he can't help. You give him a microphone, he ain't gonna give it back. He ain't got... <laughs> <laughs> that makes the best wrestlers. Oh, Those yeah, are the sure. best. Hey, you you know, know who I had. You know who we had on the podcast um, was Mark Henry. That's right. Yeah, I saw that. Dude, he was so great to talk he's from to. Texas? Uh, yeah, he's from uh, he's from Texas. He's from just outside of Houston, actually. Um, and he lives in Austin right now, actually. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I saw yeah, that he was on there. I love that. I was like, that's great. It's so great. Um, we had so many great conversations. As soon as this whole pandemic sort of opens up a little bit more here, we're going to go out and get some barbecue and, nice. and chat. Oh, I can't oh, wait to just... Austin, dude, Ooh. eating barbecue and talking wrestling with Mark Henry. I mean, that would yeah. be a, that'd be a dream date for me. I'll That's tell great. my wife, look, don't wait up for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, making, and, and those wrestlers can party too. Oh, I can't. I can't even. Uh, I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm from the restaurant industry, so we we always say that we party like rock stars, but I I can't imagine um, that yeah, we I actually do. Yeah, I can't. I don't even try. No, I, I wouldn't even. Uh, there's only so much you can take if you really want to do something with your life and your career. You, you know what I mean? You gotta, uh, you gotta have some discipline. So for sure. Um, well, look, Ryan, this has been awesome, man. I've really yeah, enjoyed awesome. uh, great. this I love this it, conversation. Man. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how funny you were. To be honest <laughs> with you, man, you had me rolling this whole time. Oh, man, so thank I thank you for that. That was um, awesome. 
Yeah. So awesome, man. Well, look, um, you know, good luck with everything that you have That's going good. on. Let's My best. Whenever I'm in Austin, I'll hit you up. Absolutely, man. Please do that. Um, I'm here and you know, Sounds, anytime yeah, you want to. I'm in Austin, I'll hit you up. And if you're ever in LA, hit me up. That's awesome, man. Well, I it's, really we'll do appreciate that. Beers. Bro, that's what I'm talking. I'll cook, man. I'm a chef. I'll, I'll fucking you. throw. I'll throw down. The house, cook it up. I learned from Aaron Franklin how to cut brisket and shit. You know, oh, dude, so that's my favorite. I have a couple of chef buddies. Whenever I have barbecues out here, and it's like, damn, I thought I could cook. Never mind. It's a. Di it's just you know. It's look, sad. dude. It's like it's like if I wrote a song and you wrote a song. Okay? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's it. it that's the only difference. Yeah. You know, that's it. Just time. Good. I've had time with it. Yeah. So, Sounds but good, anyway, bro. man, thank you so much. My, my right. best to uh, you and your family and stay Sounds safe. Out there, Have a great rest of your day. And then, uh, yeah, we'll talk then. All right. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email the podcast at Patrick at Texas And don't forget, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, all the different places you can get podcasts, you'll you'll find us on there. Or you can just go to our website, go to the lonestarplate.com. And you can check us out on YouTube if you want to watch it. You know, we video these now, you know, on a little webcam here and go to the Texas Real Food YouTube channel and you can find it there. Make sure to follow uh, Texas Real Food as well on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe. Um, and if you, you know, are so inclined, please leave us a review anywhere you can. You know, follow us on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, that would really help us out. Thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, without you guys, we will, you know, what's the point of doing this? So if you have any suggestions on how we can make the show better, please let us know. Thanks again. Be safe out there. Wash your hands. <laughs>